0: Here's the Fangirls on Jackalope Radio.
1: Hi everybody and welcome to the newest edition of Fangirl Radio. I'm your host Jessica Dwyer and with me is the lovely and talented Rachel Moore. Hello all. And the also equally lovely and talented Todd.
0: I'm just lovely.
1: (laughs) You are cutie patootie. That's what you are, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) That's what has like. is. No, um, but actually, uh, this episode of the show, we are going to talk about uh, something that actually has, has become a lot more prevalent in entertainment lately, and that is the wonderful a world of the Brothers Grimm and fairy tales. Fairy tales. Uh, they can come true, you know. That's what I hear. Uh, that's right. If you're young at heart, that's right. Okay, we're not going to break into song here. No, no. So uh, fairy tales have actually, if you if you haven't been watching TV lately, have become part of at least two major networks now. With um, the all picked up for a full season, actually, Once Upon a Time on ABC, and Grimm has uh, become quite a little cult classic hit on uh, NBC. And both the shows are at their core about fairy tales uh, coming into reality and showing quite the darker side of them. And um, for those that didn't know this, the original tales that the Brothers Grimm collected, as well as just things like Hans, Hans Christian Andersen, if I can say it, um, uh, wrote, are at their, at, they're dark, there's some twisted stuff going on in those stories that um, we were told were children's stories, but really they weren't. And, um, you know, growing up and, and over the years, uh, they evolved into these, you know, little cutesy Disney stories. But back in the day, they were very bloody, very, very dark, and, um, and not very nice and uh you know uh Rachel can back me up on this some of these can be really twisted
2: well and it's it's important to remember that they were story collectors so they were collecting um folklore in the, the black forest and, and in these very rural um kind of hardcore places so a lot of it is really violent um really dark, and sometimes the moral is ambiguous. We're kind of used to the Disney versions where there's a moral to the story, whereas they're a little bit deeper than that when you read the uh, uh, what we know now as Grimm's fairy tales.
1: Well, and, and one good example of that is um, the story of Hansel and Gretel, which originally was called Brother and Sister, and, you know, at its core it's, it's about cannibalism, and mm-hmm. um, the, the little kids end up you know, throwing the witch in the, in the oven and, and burning her alive. Um, it's, you know, these, you know, who's really the better of the two there? You know, they killed her. She was going to kill them. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, there's a total gray area there. And, and then you have, um, you know, one that Neil Gaiman took to heart and, and made uh, a classic story out of, which is the original Snow White tale. And um, little Snow White, at the end of the original, um, they cause the Evil Queen to have to—he basically dies dancing to death in uh, wearing a pair of burning hot iron shoes. Yeah, you know this is this is dark stuff. So the, the fairy tales, uh, the originals are are quite, as we said, they're not for kids. Um, and then you have like uh, with Once Upon a Time. They've taken those at the core, that, that dark side of all these stories, and put them in a modern setting, and it's, it's become a hit. It, 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 it's also done by the Dis, you know, Disney-owned ABC, so they're able to use the imagery that we know of for, like say, Cinderella, where she's got the blonde hair upswept due with the blue dress, yeah. and it's very familiar.
2: The other great thing about that is that it is a broadly appealing show. It's still family viewing. You can still Mm -hmm. watch it with children. It's not like some of the gritty urban fantasy that we kind of are used to now. It's still very family friendly, but it it doesn't gloss over some of the darker aspects of these stories. And they've tried really hard to kind of deepen um, the world. It kind of reminds me of Tenth Kingdom,
1: what they're doing with it. Right, and, and for those who don't know what Tenth Kingdom is, um, it was a mini-series that was done on NBC. Oh, late
2: 90s. Late 90s, um, and
1: it was... 798, somewhere in there. Right, and it took uh, the, uh, the fairy tales and put them in a modern-day setting um, where uh, they actually existed within this other world that the mirrors let you go through. And Oh, it was um, actually uh, 2000. Yeah, it, was, it seemed yeah. like it was right around 1999, so it yeah, in yeah. 2000. And, it, it aired in
0: 2000.
1: Uh, yeah, and it, and it became, uh, it's actually quite the cult little hit um, today. Uh, it was released on DVD, and now I think it's out of print. But there's like a whole following for this show, and um, the John Larroquette, Scott Cohen um, –
2: It's fun for the whole family. It's not so dark that you can't watch it with your kids. But it definitely has enough pull for the grown-up. And they've started out, and they've said that they're going to continue to do this, having flashbacks into the fairy tale land that these characters came from. Because the premise of Once Upon a Time is that, um, without too many spoilers, is that there's been a curse that causes um, the fairy tale characters to be ripped out of their fairy land and put into our world. Where there's no happy endings. And it's ambiguous who knows that that has happened and who just thinks that this is their life. Right. Because
1: um, part of it was that their memory's been wiped and they don't remember who they are. And it's kind of a fun time trying to figure out who that person's supposed to be. Because there's still some that are it's very obvious who right. they are. And then there's others that aren't so obvious that you're kind of guessing.
2: Right. Like right, right from the get go, you, you know who. Um, the evil, the evil queen stepmother from Snow White is. And, right. um, and then there's this character of the sheriff who we all kind of have a good idea, but they haven't straight up said who he is yet.
1: Right, because he could, either, I don't know who he could be. He might not be, because you would think that the very obvious Red Riding Hood would maybe know he's who we think he is, but they don't quite act that way.
2: Yeah. Well, I think I think one of the things that initially kept me away from um, Once Upon a Time, well, it made me trepidatious about it because I, I watched it from the first episode, but <laughs> is that it seemed to be from the previews. I thought it was going to be a huge Fables ripoff because Fables is the Vertigo um, comics where the characters are kicked out of basically their homelands by an adversary and have to live in New York. And right. they have a downtown new york um collective, and they have an upstate collective called the farm which <laughs> is also it's a great orwellian and it centers around Snow White and around um the wolf the the big bad wolf, and all these characters. so I was going,, uh, I don't know that I want a Disney version of that, but it really isn't and I've been pretty happy with that
1: and and they've given themselves a lot of good. St- good storytelling with it too. I mean, you could really go for a while with this, I think, because I mean, there's so many fairy tales and, um, um, if you've, if you've been reading the fangirl magazine, you'll see that I, I had done a little, um, a post about, uh, the up, some upcoming episodes and some, uh, casting and they're getting ready to bring in beauty and the beast. Um, which will be interesting to see how that plays. Um, and we're getting like some really choice, uh, actors in there, um, not only with Robert Carlyle, and, and who's amazing as Silskin. It's obvious that he's a favorite of mine and Rachel's. He's definitely a
2: fan favorite, and I think that's something that's interesting, too, because it is a Disney show um, at its core. They... It, they have those really lush villains and they're trying really hard to make the good guys interesting. But the truth is between, <laughs> between Rumpelstiltskin and the, and the evil queen, the evil, you know, stepmother, it's almost impossible for anybody else to hold the candle to it. They're just seeing well,
1: and, and then you've got like a uh, Pam from, um, from, true blood playing maleficent and i'm like come on (laughs) come on you can't top that that's awesome so it's it's i I would love to see them bring ursula into the mix (laughs) i I know i was
2: thinking that i was going we haven't seen mermaids yet um and so part of the fun is to watch it and try and figure out who people are and sometimes it's really obvious and sometimes it's surprising and um you know They've done a really good job of cat- capturing my imagination, and I'm not somebody who likes Disney, usually.
1: Right, and, and well, I have to say that I'm very, very surprised and happy with the fact that they have renewed it, or actually have given it a full season run. It's getting It's going to have a full run of episodes, which, if you know ABC and how they treat some of their genre stuff... It's you know, with like what happened with pushing daisies, with what happened with invasion and and you name it, they never make it, and the fact that this got picked up for a full season is testament to how good of a show it is. Um, and then you have Grimm, which um, I'm not quite sure how well it's doing in the ratings. I think it's doing okay um, with it being on NBC. I think it's on Is it Friday nights um, on NBC?
2: I'm not sure cuz I watch it on Hulu.
1: Okay, I'm it's watch- on Hulu if you want to if you want to catch up on it. Um the problem I'm seeing with Grimm and and that could be turning people off from it is the fact that it is a police procedural um with a fairytale bent and I think people are getting burned out on those kind of shows.
2: I, You um, know, I think they've done a pretty good job of not making it too procedural. It's, it is a buddy cop show, though. And I think that that's probably a little more accurate than procedural because they really are, like, the worst cops as far as procedure <laughs> and how things should go. <laughs> <laughs> really I thought really bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but uh, it looks it's an interesting show. it's a cool take on it um and uh it's it's you know with him being the last of the grims and and having to be the one that knows about these creatures that existed and having to fight them and and that kind of thing it's a neat
2: believe really that he's not just it's not just that he's a last of the grim it's that the grims were not only recorders of all this but they were recorders of all this because um they had to fight the bad guys right that up in the night
1: right and, and kind of like uh taking a, a page from the brothers grim terry gilliam film
2: sure sure yeah yeah i think i think it's closer in production in some ways to the ill-fated and ill-conceived um harry uh, dresden, dresden files.
1: files yeah it's kind of a mix of that and 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 i think they're trying to take the best of both of those and put them into this and and not only that but it's locally produced. It's
2: produced. Yeah, and that's really great. I think that it's also being filmed where it's set, where it's set, which is something. Right. That's, but um one of the really cool things it has going for it is just that there isn't really any urban fantasy on TV and it's a genre that has so much potential. And um you know, Harry Dresden part of the reason that show failed part of other than the fact that the writers just gave up about four episodes in and that Is it was that on the
1: sci-fi that, channel sorry yeah, we want to talk about sci-fi <laughs> <That's> <laughs> actually i have to talk about Jeff. the c channel at, at some point this episode because they are doing neverland
2: right right and
1: um we have to talk about that because okay. that looks super good
2: but the thing about the the Dresden show is that it they they instead of just making it a show that they stole the Dresden files stuff from they made it a Harry Dresden show and then took away everything everyone liked about the character. So with Grimm the cool thing is it's mostly original um characters. I mean obviously they're bought borrowing from fables and mythology etc but um, they have kind of a chance to start from the ground up and they've been doing some kind of cool things I was afraid they jumped the shark with their bee episode <laughs> but they got right back on track um, this last time and so I'm I'm really I really enjoy it and it's a little darker a little more grown up not so much for the kids and I like that
1: right and, and um, as I said we we, you need to support both of these shows. If you if you have the opportunity, watch both because we need more of that on network television, not just cable TV. Um, you know, if you want to see more good genre, um, you know, television on ABC and NBC, Fox, and that kind of thing, um, those networks. You got to support them, so be sure to watch them and um, tell your friends about them. Uh, I'm trying to just be, spread the word about Once Upon a Time and Grimm because I believe they're both good. I at first I thought, like Rachel said, they were going to be fables ripoffs, but they're not, and and they're actually pretty original shows.
2: And they employ character actors, which I'm a big fan of. We don't see a lot of really damn great
1: right. Other- <laughs>
2: Silas Weir Mitchell is on Grimm, and I love him. He's one of those guys that is in everything, and nobody knows his name, but it's Silas Weir Mitchell, and I love him. And we should have him on the show sometime. And then you have Stiltskin over oh, on Robert
1: Carlyle, uh,
2: and they just you know they're they're scene stealers when they're on, but they're not the leading man, you know.
1: No, and they're I- interesting looking and they're interesting guys, and they can act. Yeah. You know, and that's important. And um, Carlisle on, on Once Upon a Time, he he was all wet ready for Stargate Universe to take off and be a massive hit and be on the show for as long as the original Stargate series lasted. And that didn't happen. So we want <laughs> Once Upon a Time to last a long time so we get to see more of him in black leather. Because trust me. <laughs> It's worth it. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> I was wondering if that would perk Todd up over there.
0: <laughs> I'm over here going, why, why? Keep it
1: classy. Keep it classy. Yeah, keep it Classy. Oh yes, I'm. I'm keeping it classy. I didn't say, you know. All right, I'm going there. So let's, let's Monty. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> But I was going to ask Rachel to talk about another um, uh, really cool comic book series called The Unwritten. Okay, The Unwritten. The Unwritten is another
2: um, Vertigo t- title. I'm going to kind of back up because we have we can't talk about fairy tales and these sort of things without talking about Neil Gaiman and uh, Sandman, blending myths and ver- fairy tales and making this epic. You know, epic comic book that stands the test of time, and then after that, nobody knew what to read, and then we got (laughs) Facebook. It's true, though. You know, there's only it's a very specific genre thing, and not many things scratch that itch. Well,
1: and I I have to bring up one of my favorite Neil Gaiman shorts, and like everyone says this, but I truly, truly love it, which was Snow Glass and App Snow Glass Apples. That was which is a
2: a retelling of uh, Snow White that um, I cannot say a thing about if anybody's going to read it, because half oh, the it's that's pretty. But uh, it's on... Actually, he has it up usually for free for reading on his website in his extra section, so please, no glass apples. Um, so we had Sandman, then we had Fables, which we've already talked about, and Fable has a spinoff called Jack of Fables, and now we have The Unwritten, and the best thing about The Unwritten is instead of being about fairy tales exclusively it's about literature in general which it's very makes it very difficult to kind of break down it really is about um this guy Tom Taylor who is the son of this famous author and this famous author wrote books that are compared to Harry Potter and Neil Gaiman and uh <laughs> you know uh uh, Tolkien and very and he kind of looks like a Harry Potter or a T.S. White or a Neil Gaiman character and uh, his dad wrote all these books based around him and then he disappeared without a trace and so uh, this boy grows up basically making a living af- um, as making appearances as himself as the character written about him and um As the comics progress, he finds out maybe he was that person, maybe he wasn't. Maybe all the books and all of literature are giving him a roadmap back to something and solving something about his family. And it's it's one of those things that any little thing that I could tell you that's really fascinating about it gives away major plot lines. It's really densely, beautifully written. It's gorgeously illustrated. And... uh, vertigo should just be so proud of having it in its lineup it's it's amazing and um they finally have it in trade paperbacks so you don't have to get them issue by issue but uh it's fun for anybody who reads those kind of books or those um kind of comics who loves seeing all the little in jokes all the literary and fairy tale in jokes not just in the the plot but in the in the pictures and so i i highly recommend the unwritten
1: and uh, I, I have to bring up too that not just on TV, but and in the world of comics, where they've kind of always had a place. Uh, they've, you know, lately we've been getting feature films, and we're getting ready to have quite a few more based on um, on these stories. And I, I, I'm not quite. I'm trying to figure out really what what spurned this of late because it's only in the last couple of years. I mean, they've always been there, but really in the last couple of years, we've really had a major, you know, upswing in, in, in the fairy tale genre coming back to the fore. And, um, like last year, I believe it was or late, um, early this year, we had two feature films. One was red, red riding hood. And then the other was beastly, um, pretty much at the same time playing at theaters based off of the classic stories, uh, although, you know, updated to modern, well, one of the modern and the other, um, certainly more adult centric, um, and about, you know, they had the whole werewolf mythos that had been covered in, in the original stories sort of, um, in there and getting ready to come out uh, over the next, like next year that uh, we're going to have two snow white movies. Yeah. Which both both of them? I'm, I'm again. We have more... one that's
2: that's more family oriented, and we have mm-hmm. one that promises to be more dark. And right. I think that's kind of a fun thing to have coming out at the same time.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm Camp Charlie's. I'm Camp totally, Charlie's too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they've kind of. Um, I'm I'm sort of disappointed by the what I've seen so far of of uh, the uh, Julia Roberts vehicle yeah. one.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah. It feels really uneven. It just
2: feels like a Julia Roberts vehicle and she's not doing anything from what we've seen so far. It's called Mirror Mirror and she's not doing anything different enough from what we've seen so far of her career to make it really interesting to me. But it has Lily Collins in it. And Army Hammer and Sean Bean who probably will die. And
1: uh, <laughs> as is his want in most I just things.
2: Sweat. Dude if he dies of this, we're going out for drinks. Um, like, oh, it's got a good cast. And who is who's the production company on
1: that? Well, it's being directed, I wanna say, by Tarsim Singh, who did the amazing the fall. Yeah. And um, he just makes pretty things and he did immortals yeah. which was also a freaking beautiful and the cell um well, you're
2: keeping the dwarves which i'm always happy to see little people get work um uh, martin cluba is it, is um one of the dwarves in it and i'm excited about that
1: and you've got nathan lane kind of hamming it up as as julia robertson <laughs> nathan lane hamming it up <laughs> no not at all not at all which but just craziness Yeah, um, but I, you know, and then you have Snow White, which is the, um, the problem, the only problem I have with, with that is Kristen Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Um, I don't have a lot of, of faith in her being able to pull off being the lead in armor. They've, they've went with a whole um, Princess Princess Warrior thing, and oh my gosh, I just noticed something. Oh well, no, okay. I was going to say they've got they've got her shield looking very cover of of Breaking Dawn. Um, it and looks like kind a chess piece, like the uh,
2: yeah. But if you look at it closer, they've kind it's of have gone yeah. quite a bit. Yeah,
1: it's got they're going very um, very uh, Lord of the Rings with that one, and but it's got so many good people in it. Um, you've got Charlie's Theron, Nick Frost, <laughs> Ian McShane's in there. You've got Tom Jones. Roy, Ray, I, Winstone. I mean, it's got such a great cast. Um, I want Lily so,
2: Cole to be in the Kristen Stewart uh, role. I don't Lily know why. Lily Cole
1: she, has fairy blood. There's no is. way that woman. She's part elf. There's no way. There's no way that woman's completely human, I and mean, she's just too ethereal. They don't make women that look like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, they, they do. <laughs> Her name's Lily Cole. Um, <laughs> how is this possible um but it looks it looks so pretty and and just you know chris hemsworth looks awesome he looks very thor i mean he basically is thor in this um (laughs) as the huntsman and but it looks uh just there's some really striking images and and actually it looks i I hate saying it but it looks prettier than Tarsum's movie um you know just the scene of of the queen coming out of this milk bath where she's just completely like, it's just gorgeous. Um, So I'm really looking forward to that one. And, you know, you got James Newton Howard doing the music, who just, man, makes pretty pretty scores everywhere. Um, But uh, also, on top of this, um, in only a few days, actually, um, the Sifi channel is... uh, It's (laughs) not (laughs) it's um, they are doing Neverland, which is the third in their. Um, they've been doing ever since Tin Man, which was based on the Wizard of Oz. They've done these great mini series um, based on classic fairy tales and and uh, fantasy novels. And the last one, of course, was Alice, which was great. They did a really great job with that. And they always tweak them for a different bent. And um, so the the Neverland one looks gorgeous and it also um has bob hoskins has bob hoskins <laughs> it has bob pretty much playing the same character in it playing in the other he's playing smee one yes and then, wasn't he in hook he was in hook
2: playing smee yeah and, <laughs> and he's in one of the snow white films i think he's in the
1: uh he's in like, uh the 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 snow white and the huntsman movie yeah
2: yeah,
1: yeah. but um but in <laughs> Poor Bob Hoskins. He's just slightly typecast. Um, but this one actually has Rice iphens. If- rice I never say it right. Um, as Hook, which is awesome. Um, Charles Dances in it. Anna Friel, who we know from um, Pushing Daisies. And Kira Knightley is the voice of Tinkerbell. Uh, <laughs> but it looks amazing. And what it basically is is a prequel to Peter Pan. And you find out how Pan and Hook wound up in uh, in Neverland together, and why they have this rivalry. And um, the the cool thing is Anna Friel is playing a female pirate who basically seduces Hook into joining her, and how he becomes a pirate. He kind of is like um, a, is it Finnegan? Is that his name from um Charles, the Charles Dickens story? Um, I think it was. Is it Finnegan? No. Who? I'm, whose name? The the bad guy that uh, he's in the charge of all the pickpockets in London.
2: Oh, you mean in Dickens? Yeah. yeah.
1: Fagin, Fagin, Finnegan. Why was I saying Finnegan? I'm a horrible person. <laughs> Fagin. Um, he's basically that's what he is in this at the beginning. Right. Um, he has this group of boys that that work for him in in, in London, and and some way um, he and Peter um, arrive in Neverland, and so they go their separate ways there, and that's how everything you know. And it's a great take on it because. It's you know why you, you know Neverland gives them the opportunity to to live forever and um it's I like how they were describing um you know what what it causes a person to do if you're a young child uh, they said that you know what would you do with this and and Rice Evans was saying you know you would of course want to play forever and, and enjoy life and be fun have fun and if you're an older man like Hook is in comparison to Peter. You become more greedy because you you're closer to death, and you want to hold on to this thing, and you need to hang on to it, and so that's how they kind of go their uh, separate paths. And it looks really beautiful. Um, and I loved uh, I loved how they did with Alice. They 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 make really pretty. Um, uh these These guys make some really pretty stuff, and it starts I believe this weekend on on the Sifi channel and so um be sure to check it out uh they always repeat, but um uh, if
2: nothing else rice Hyphens and that red coat with the gold piping oh
1: and-, uh, and the scar on his face, I think really,
0: uh, really
2: <laughs> <laughs> we we've, we warned you we were fangirls. i
1: don't- <laughs> you know what you're getting here, Todd you knew. <laughs> You know, Anna Friel's there for you, dude. She's like all. Hey, man, what about Linda Blair out? in that Savage Streets with that leather outfit? Hey, you know, I you you got it. You're not gonna <laughs> get me, you're not gonna get me to like doubt you on that, man. If you start talking about Pam Greer, I'm all on board with that too. All right. Yeah, you know, but speaking of fairy tales. <laughs> <laughs> No, and we're gonna AM. start going black exploitation here in a minute. Wait, no, we, have to, we have to, we have to rein, rein this back in. It's
0: a future show, future show.
2: It's too easy, <laughs> um, but because I consider it um, definitely part of our mythology and fairy tales, The Hobbit is in production.
1: Oh, Richard Armitage!
2: And it—I knew you were going. <laughs> I, you are <were> so predictable. <laughs> No, and you were you were saying earlier you're not sure how this this resurgence has happened. I, really, probably, we yeah, had I, we had Harry Potter hit big right when Peter Jackson remade um, Lord of the Rings, or we made them pretty much because I don't consider any of the previous incarnations anywhere up to par.
1: Oh, you don't like that cartoons you're a mad person. person i
2: love the cartoons in my memory <laughs> but i've tried to watch them as an adult and they are they are terrifying things um <laughs> but you know we have that and then you have somebody like guillermo del toro who is constantly making fairy tales hellboy um
1: pan's labyrinth
2: well you know and, everything and also um,
1: well and also you've got uh, part of this too was there's been such an, upswing in young adult fiction and um you know like with Aragon and, and that kind of uh, you know those well, that it's okay to read those
2: books again because in the 80s you might read those books but you might not talk about them you know or the 90s because you're going to be the nerd you know and now
1: you've got the internet
2: yeah and you know that there are, there are more of us
1: yes and th- that you're not alone so I, I think it's it just that convergence of time, it, you're right. I think that kind of spawned all of this. And then you've got, like, the Tenth Kingdom came out. and oh, um, <laughs> right. and then you had um, they, NBC was the place to go for all of these fantasy miniseries. And then the Seafi Channel came along and started doing them. But you had, like, Jason and the Argonauts, Gulliver's Travels. Um, right. They, you know, they they went through with Merlin. Um oh, uh-huh. With Sam Neil, um, actually had two separate miniseries, In *The um, one. yeah. You you had all of this stuff start just kind of rolling out at the same time, um, and now you've got you know the the TV series are starting starting up, and it's it's great. And then you've got, of course, the BBC has Merlin. They they are, um, and then you had Camelot come along too.
2: Well, I feel like. I feel like the BBC has done so much for fairy tales all along and that it you know, right right around the same time, um the mid two thousands where these things are really hitting hard or early to mid two thousands we became more aware of British television here because I remember being, you know, a kid and being the only kid who knew what Faulty Towers was. Right. And now, like, every other person I know watches the IT crowd, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or being the only person I knew who knew what Doctor Who was. And now, you know, that's like a thing. Right. So, um, well, it's, and- it's a different thing. And, okay, here is a fangirl, um, here is something that we did. Brett McKenzie is in The Hobbit. And... Figwit is in the Hobbit but they rena- They gave him a real name which I think is lame. They should have made it an end joke and just called him Figwit. But...
1: <laughs> well, as long as like Tom Bombadil doesn't show up, I will be happy and so will Nil Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not <laughs> First of all He didn't show up in the Peter the, Jacks in the in the original group. They better not put him in the Hobbit just if to make up haven't. for it.
2: They haven't, but they're, they're, Brett McKenzie actually has a name instead of just called Figwit. And that I believe is totally due to the fangirls all across the world.
1: Well, isn't Brett the one, he, he also um, com, was the composer for the Muppets movie. Yeah. 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 I have to bring that up because that was cute. And I'm very <laughs> sure for him. Very Sorry. cute. Sorry. I had to.
2: Excuse me, Dear, You have your Richard Armitage.
1: Oh, and let's not forget Aiden. Oh, my God. Billy and <laughs> Killy. Uh, they, it's not right how they've made the the dwarves the hottest things. Benedict
2: Cumberbatch's smog. You know what they really did? They really went through all the fangirl blogs and just they got. They totally <laughs> did. did. <laughs> <laughs> they totally Lee Case is there Brian Blessed is rumored to be in there Oh that
1: would be great really By the way um, Flash Gordon is on Netflix Streaming Just really? FYI. Yes <laughs>
2: I don't know what I'm doing for the next four to
1: six weeks <laughs> Girls
0: we have doing. a caller here
1: We have a caller mm.
0: Yes you do
1: Oh, my gosh. And caller, what is your name?
0: My name is Ryan.
1: Hello, Ryan. I seem to know you.
0: I think you do. I
1: think I do. Well, Ryan, thank (laughs) you for calling in. You are our first official caller ever on the show. Woo! Oh, wow. are going. You are going to go down in fangirl history.
0: That makes me so happy. Thank you. (laughs)
1: You're welcome all <laughs> you get. We don't have anything else. Right we here. have nothing else to give you other than that. <laughs> so, Ryan, what what would you like to talk about tonight?
0: Well, we're talking about fairy tales, right?
1: Yes, Absolutely. we are.
0: I would like to talk about how morbid and weird the actual tale of the Little Mermaid is.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you for bringing that up. Yes.
0: Well, it, it's so weird.
1: On top of being
2: morbid and weird, it gives the worst message to little girls. Like actually worse than the um, Disney the one, Twilight. which I didn't <laughs> know was possible. Because you, do you want to give do you want to give our listeners a, a brief recap of the original Little Mermaid? Yes,
0: yeah, so as far as I can remember, um, the story is really the same. You know, she falls in love with a prince, and she goes to the sea witch. And the sea witch says that she'll give her legs if she takes this potion. Now, if she takes the potion, it's going to make her feel like she's been run through with a sword.
2: Right. Yep. Double edged sword, and every step she takes is like walking on razor blades. And if she
1: even yes. and even dancing is going to make her feel like she's dying.
0: Yes, and she cuts out her tongue so she can't talk.
1: Right. Because it's always now. Good what to give kind of
0: message does right? send to people? <laughs> <laughs> on top yeah, of the I- fact that if she does not complete the parameters of the spell, she will disintegrate into sea foam and cease to exist.
1: And no soul. She doesn't have a soul either.
0: Right. She does not have a soul. So that kind of sucks. But on top of that, you know, she has the whole thing, well, her sisters give her this knife that the sea witch gave her. And they say that if you... Um, stab the prince in the heart you'll regain your legs again and become a mermaid again and it's like what
1: oh no you you forgot the whole middle part where they sell her hair they sell their hair (laughs) for the knife but on top of that she does all this for the love of this guy and he could give a basically a rat's ass about that he's in love with this other girl he doesn't know right. her,
2: she's a random fangirl <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is our lot in life <laughs> Yeah, so she gives up She gives up her voice for a dude, right, she goes through excruciating pain, he still doesn't notice her, her sisters sell their hair, which in especially in that period in history is totally, you know their beauty and their essence, they sell their hair to give her this knife, so if she bathes her feet in his blood <laughs> she can be a shade again. and she doesn't do it <laughs> Just the she and loves she- him
1: too much to do this. just turns into Seafoam.
0: And have you heard the actual, like, moral that the author, I forget his name, he Hans Christian
1: Andersen.
0: Yes. Do you know the original moral of the story that he was going to put at the end of The Little Mermaid? What's that? That, um, um, Ariel, I always want to call her Ariel. So this, this <laughs> kingdom... <laughs> this random earth <burst> skank. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and henceforth shall she be known.
1: <laughs> the random earth <burst> skank.
0: <laughs> she. It's told um, when she dies at the end of the story that she has now become one of the sisters of the air or something, that she's yeah. transcended from water to air. And as this being, if she does 300 years of good deeds, she will um, gain a soul and enter God's kingdom.
1: And, and and you know what's even worse is the fact that he changed that ending to where he, she had to find, like, 300 good children, and for every bad child and every tear she cried, it was, like, another month on her sentence. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, keep in mind, this is written by the guy that did The Nightingale, he did The Little Emperor's New Clothes, <laughs> The Princess and the Pea.
2: That's a really, really happy Dutchman. I mean...
0: <laughs> just wonderful. I... Uh... I don't even know what to make of all of that, that business because, I mean, the Grimm, the Brothers Grimm, they were they were crazy. I mean, they had people cutting off their toes and their heels to fit in <laughs> shoes and just, yes, yes. So what is it with these people in pain? That's <laughs> what I want to know.
1: <laughs> they didn't with really mutilating have a problem than that back then. <laughs> What's
2: <laughs> with us taking those stories and taking out all the pain? That's really the question because I think pain is something that everybody understands really basically. And then we make these cleaned up stories where we sometimes keep the really twisted, especially like The Little Mermaid, even though we gave it a happy me- ending. It's still about a chick giving up her voice and like
1: her whole life to be with some well, dude who doesn't know her. There's but, a whole sexual connotation to out- me there on that whole... she she does this thing and it feels like she's being split open by a double edged sword and giving up her you know cutting her tongue out that to me sounds a lot like you know a marriage contract bonding kind of thing (laughs) think about this I don't know (laughs) I am. I just think that that's a horrible way to describe marriage back you know back in the days you know they the women gave up yeah, they they had no voice. Sure, they really didn't. They were they were and and their their job was to be you know, giving birth to babies and that's that's it. You give up all this stuff for the guy and I think that was a lot of what that story was talking about. Possibly, I don't know. I'm not Dutch or Hans Christian Andersen, but I mean, there's there's a lot of twisted morality being shoved into these stories.
2: Sure,
0: it's true. Sure. I, I mean, just, I've always heard Little Red Riding Hood is an allegory for women and their bodies becoming women, from like girl to woman, and it's a whole big metaphor for staying away from sin and remaining virginal and
2: staying on the path. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I always come by. Yeah. Or being
1: mm-hmm. devoured. Yeah. Well,
0: and yeah, and, and by the way, Very elegant and into the woods.
1: Yes. Oh. Yes, and also keep in mind that they actually cut the grandmother out of the wolf's gut in the original <laughs> version of that. And yeah, I show. Yeah, it's just, there's some twisted stuff like we were saying uh, with Hansel and Gretel. Like I said, that whole thing is just messed up. The whole the whole story is dark and twisted. Well, and we really hey, have Go ahead.
0: I just said, and Rapunzel, oh my goodness, that was like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're not good, they're not nice stories. That's.
2: Yeah. uh, I think that uh, bringing up Into the Woods was key because we hadn't talked about that yet on this episode. And Into the Woods, right now streaming on Netflix, if you haven't seen it, please, please, please do yourself a favor and watch this um, two act Sondheim musical um, with Bernadette Peters. Um, in it. And uh, with the first half, really laying down um, kind of what we've been discussing integration of different fairy tales and more of the traditional sense. And then the second half, um, everything goes horribly wrong after Ever After. And it's huh? really worth a watch. Please tell our listeners if you haven't seen it, go watch Netflix.
0: I've actually been in that show. Who were you? Um, I played Rapunzel's Prince.
2: Yes. Oh, nice. So you got to sing "Agony."
0: Yes, I did. I got to sing "Agony." It was in high school, but it was really fun. I got to sing with this guy who was um, in the choir. He was like our main male star. He was—I uh, believe he was like trained as an opera singer. So I really learned a lot about him. But we had to like research the fairy tales and learn kind of the origins of the characters we were playing. And I'm like, okay, I'm playing a prince. He's just a background character. I'm here for like. Morality values, save the princess, blah blah blah.
1: Wicked and and all of those the stories that came out from uh, that series of books based off of the Wizard of Oz. The um and it's an excellent book and you you really need to read it and they really need to make a film version of it. I think it would
0: be great. I was. So I'll good. get right on that.
1: <laughs> you do that. You do. You're. I know you're a filmmaker too, aren't you?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get right on that well you know they got all these trends now and the trend seems to be coming is retelling of fairy tales
1: exactly and that you know and it's doing quite well
0: it is I heard actually so they were making a live action Little Mermaid
1: what and they're yeah. supposedly yeah is it the one set in China
0: that's another Snow White film that's another yeah. Snow
1: White movie yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, if you could remake any fairy tale. And, I mean, what people don't realize is that, Grimm's, that the Grimm's wrote hundreds or recorded hundreds of fairy tales that we don't even read. But if you could remake any of your favorite fairy tales, which would it be?
0: Okay. There's one actually Grim fairy tale that was written. I don't know if it's ever been turned into a film. And I forget the exact name of the title in the book. And I don't have my copy with me. But I believe it's called... The Boy Who Traveled Afar to Learn How to Be Afraid. Oh, yes! The Boy
1: Who Went to Find the Shivers. Have yes, the Boy Who Went
0: to the Shivers, yes.
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen, uh, and, and thank you because you reminded me of this, Fairytale fairy tale Theater, theater with Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Lee <laughs> starring in that?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh, my gosh. Great. It's so good. Um, And thank you, Shelley Duvall, for that. A whole one series, of the, one of the best episodes of that series. Is um, but it whole- had he Christopher Lee and it had um, of course. I can never remember Peter McNichol, yeah, yeah, and um, it was okay, yeah, yeah, and it was excellent. And they used to have it streaming on Netflix, um, but Actually, yeah, I think all those was,
0: episodes are on Hulu now,
1: yeah, they're all on Hulu. Uh, that may be why it's no longer on Netflix, yeah. <laughs> But um, that's it's a great that's a great series and that's a great story. That would be a really good horror film, actually.
0: That's what I thought too. So nobody steal that idea.
1: Todd, <laughs> I'd like oh, edit mind. that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> steal but, that uh,
2: idea, and then we can bring this as proof that it was yours, and you can reap all the benefits.
0: So, so uh, you to copyright
1: I've- that right now. <laughs>
0: you girls what would you what would you make if you had a chance what fairy tale into film oh
1: rachel you go first i have to think there's one and
2: i never remember what it's called it um something oh i have to find it here it's a but she has a rush she wears a rush hat it's made of rushes and it's actually a really strong i'm gonna try and find it here it's a really strong female um character for a grim fairy tales especially let me get the list here and i can
0: find it uh, i thought she said it was about a girl who wore a hat made of russians
1: <laughs> that, i was gonna say it was a hat made of rush, and i'm like oh is they been, saying?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> been uh, called something else but it gets confused a lot with Little Red Riding Hood, but it's not. It's one of those, the little girl gets, you know, thrown out of the little, house.
1: It's not Little Red Cap. That's no, Little Red Riding Hood. That's
2: Little Red Riding Hood. This one, and maybe it's not a Grimm's Tale. It's hard to find just because they literally have, you know, two or two three volumes. Um, but it's it's about a girl who, you know, it's one of those things where she's thrown out of her house for some reason and she clevers
1: and tricks her way into ruling the kingdom. It's really good. I'll find it. Um, I would have to say like I I really, really enjoyed Robin McKinley's beauty. That was one of the best um that I've seen and I would totally say make this into a movie because they they make it um she's not gorgeous. That's not the point. She's intelligent and smart and she um is very practical and when she goes to live with the beast um it's it's great because you know she's you know able to be his intellectual equal and all this stuff and he's got this magical library that actually has like things like Sherlock Holmes in it and future volumes and things stuff like that it's a really neat story and I would totally go with that um, I don't know who I would cast in it, but that would be my go go
0: to. Mm. I'll definitely have to pick that up.
1: It's. I loved. I love it. I don't know if it's because it's just something I read when I was in high school, and it made me happy that she wasn't like. Because I I had a major problem with the Disney princesses because they were too perfect, and it set this ideal and um, up for little girls. Like, I I always go to the story about. Um, this and just recently it happened at a Halloween where um, a dad made a Wonder Woman costume for his daughter because the the school that she was going to the elementary school was saying only only the little girls could be little princesses and the l- little boys were the only ones allowed to be superheroes. And so he tricked the system and made her a princess who also was a superhero by making her Wonder Woman. That's and true so, because as a princess. Yeah, exactly. Right. She's an Amazon princess. So I always had a problem with them being so perfect and so happy and everything. And, and little did I know that the true stories that they came from weren't nearly so happy and perky. <laughs> so. I found
2: it. It's called Kappa Rushes, and it's by Joseph Jacobs. It's not a Grimm's fairy tale. And there's about a billion versions online. But go read it. Kappa Rushes.
0: <laughs> Kappa Rushes.
2: Yeah. capo. I
0: can't. You know what's funny? It's- what? Oh, go for it. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's funny you keep referring to the Disney films. Um, my dad went to high school with a gentleman by the name of Mark Hen, and Mark has been the principal animator at Disney for the princesses since Ariel. So um, he's drawn Ariel, Jasmine, Belle. <laughs> I don't know if he did The Lion King. I'm not sure if he does The Animals, but I know that he did he was the key animator. Like, he created what these women would look like.
1: Well, and see, what's funny is um, with Belle and, and The Beauty and the Beast, she's my pick of the princesses. And it's funny because she was very smart and booky, bookish, mm-hmm. like, like the beauty in Robin McKinley's book, which came out years before. Yeah. So I think they may oh. have pulled a little bit of that from that.
0: Oh, probably. And I know that he... <laughs> animated a lot of these young women based off of women and that he knows or that he's interacted with. I mean, like, specific cases like Pocahontas, that doesn't count, because we all know <laughs> they brought bottles in for it, but I know that I believe Princess Jasmine mm-hmm. he based off his sister.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, wow.
0: Because their other sister was my biology teacher in high school.
1: And did she look like Jasmine?
0: No, she did not, but her older sister did. (laughs)
1: That's awesome. Well, Mr. Oh, go ahead, Rachel.
2: I was just saying it's just amazing. One of the things I do, you know, the animators at Disney are so amazing. And when I was a kid, and Little Mermaid had just come out. That was one of the most amazing things about Little Mermaid is how much they captured and how intensive the animation was. There was nothing like it at that time. And, um, oh, no. You know, they still it's one of those things. They still, they still hold up. I would rather watch one of the old um, Disney films than any of the new um, computer animated stuff coming out.
1: Hand-drawn is always going to be so much it, there's more art to it, I think. Even though I know people out there disagree, but I think the, the hand-drawn stuff still to this day is more, more lifelike.
2: So, have either of you are either of you familiar with Enchanted Doll? Um, uh, Marina Baikova. She has a website, enchanteddoll.com. She makes custom porcelain dolls.
1: Oh um, yeah, I've seen way, those.
2: More intensive. They, she does tattoo art and all sorts of things. So she has her version of fairy tales on there and she just finished princess and the pea, which is unbelievable, but she has a um, beauty and the beast called Stockholm syndrome. And <laughs> she, has, uh, she has a series on snow white called um, necrophilia. <laughs> and uh, She's also done, she's done one of my other favorites, even though it's not fairy tale related is Anna Karenina survives the train, but they are amazing, beautiful retellings of each of these stories without saying a word. And so I recommend, if you like fairy tales and you like kind of darker, twisted stuff, um, EnchantedDoll.com Go to the gallery and just start browsing because there's some
0: I'm really interested things. in the Stockholm Syndrome doll, I think. Yeah, I think
1: that sounds great. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> well, and I actually, I had to bring this up because it reminded me of it. Xenoscope um, Entertainment has, since the the, since um, 2005 been releasing the Grimm's fairy tale um, comic books which are super sexed up versions and very dark and bloody versions of these classic fairy tales and um, there there's quite a few volumes of them put together in trade paperback um, the artwork's gorgeous but like they have things in there like the Mad Hatter is a serial killer and um, <laughs> you've got just really twisted versions of all of these stories. Like the Pied Piper of Hamlin, I think was like a a child molester or something that took all these kids and killed them and that kind of thing. So there's some really twisted versions out there, but they're beautifully drawn. And um, if, you know, no kitty stuff in this at all, there's no, there's no way you should show these to a child. But um, if you're interested in some really cool artwork and um, some twisted, darker versions of these stories, Grim Fairy Tales by Xenoscope um, Entertainment. Go for it.
0: One of my favorite adaptations of a, a fairy tale would definitely have to be Ever After with Drew Barrymore.
2: Oh, such a deep movie. And it's it's you, not a deep movie at all. It's just a lot of fun to watch
0: and pretty. It mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, I just enjoyed how they took out the like whimsical fairy tale magic of it and made it more of a story about a girl just trying to find herself and establish an identity in a time where she was so oppressed. It was like she worked and she had to lie for it, but there was no magic. She had to really take a journey, I think. And I feel like that has a better message for little girls watching Cinderella than Cinderella where some crazy, eccentric, white-haired woman with a wand is going to pop out of a pump and then say, congratulations.
2: you know what I mean like, <laughs> well and, and ultimately the princess in End- Ever After has to save herself her prince totally turns his back on her and it's up to her whether she wants to take him back and that is so yeah. much a and, better
1: <laughs> well and you can't oh, forget wow. about um, A Beauty and the Beast with Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman which was awesome back in the day um, on CBS that everybody and their mother watched it together
0: they did. Me and my mom used to watch it
1: together. Yeah, me and my mom and my sister, we all watched that together. <laughs> and that was, that was some amazing stuff back then, too. I was happy that that actually... That's the thing I was saying about Once Upon a Time. I'm so glad that it got it got picked up for a full season because nothing ever gets kept anymore that's something that's in that vein. So well, I'm people, really no. happy.
2: People forget. I, w- I was just showing my husband. He'd never seen the old Beauty and the Beast with Ron Perlman before. And... And I, he was like, "Where was this when I was growing up?" Well, it was on TV, probably
1: Friday nights on CBS. I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, competing against something else at the time, but it was uh, it was a great show.
1: Well, I think we 're getting ready to be out of time, unfortunately, because you know we it's one of these it 's another subject where we could do probably three shows on on all the the things that the fairy tales have influenced and, and inspired. I know we haven't there's lots of stuff out there that we haven 't covered yet but um but like we said, support these shows watch don't forget to watch Neverland this weekend on on the seafi and <laughs> It's not sci-fi. It's Sifi. <laughs> and I want to. I want to thank Ryan for calling in. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for being
0: our first caller. Call back.
1: You will. You have call to call back.
0: I will. I will totally call back. You
1: will have to call back on, and we will, we will be sure to talk to you. And, um, you know, check out the stuff that we mentioned. Um, uh, we can make a list of some of this for Fangirl for you to check out. Um, like we said, there's so much here that it's going to take three or four shows for us to go over it. So, But this was a nice little entry into the world of fairy tales and all the stuff that they've influenced and done. So for myself, Rachel. Hey. Ryan. Yes. And the lovely Todd.
0: Yeah.
1: We wanna wish wish you a happily ever after and thank you for listening.
0: Thank you. It's the time of the season When love runs high in this time, give it to me easy. Let me try with pleasure hands To take you in the sun To promise lands To show you everyone is the time of the season For love. <sighs> What's, What's your you- name? Your daddy? Who's your daddy? Is he rich? Is he rich like me? As he take us he take any, him time him? Time any time? time to show, to, show to show show you what you need to live? Tell it to me slowly. Tell you.